Welcome to the Article to Audio podcast brought to you by the NAC team. NAC stands for Negotiation and Conflict. NAC, N-A-C, is made up of a team of scholars who are passionate about the teaching, research, and practice of negotiation and conflict management. We offer you this podcast series to highlight the work of global academic thought leaders who have a knack for negotiating and managing conflict. The Article to Audio podcast interviews authors who have published research on negotiation and conflict management that advances theory and informs practice in the field. I'm Michael Gross. I teach in the Department of Management, College of Business at Colorado State University, and I'm currently part of a grant and research team with Wendy Adair at the University of Waterloo and her colleagues working with indigenous employees to understand their experiences with relationships, communication, and conflict in the Canadian workplace. I am your host. Today, we have with us Julia Reef and Felix Broadbeck. Julia is a postdoctoral scientific staff member and lecturer of economic and organizational psychology at the Ludwig Maximilian University in Munich. Her research interests include the initiation of negotiation, team processes, stress management, and organizational acculturation. Felix Broadbeck is chair of organizational and economic psychology at Ludwig Maximilian University in Munich. His research interests include negotiation, team processes, leadership, organizational culture, cross-cultural psychology, and decision-making. We will be discussing their article, Negotiation Context, How and Why They Shape Women's and Men's Decision to Negotiate. Today's article is published in Negotiation and Conflict Management Research, Volume 12, Issue 4, and this article was the 2020 NCMR Article of the Year for a 2019 publication. So congratulations to them. All right. Well, first of all, before we actually get started, started, I want to thank both of you for being here. Thank you both very much. And I also wanted to congratulate you on your re- reception of the NCMR Article of the Year Award for 2020, which is what we're going to talk about, your winning article. So congratulations. And uh, so, so Julia, we'll start with you. Your article is compelling. And I see a stream of research leading to, up to this article. Can you share with our listeners a personal story that brought you to study gender differences in the initiation of a negotiation? Yes, it was in 2008 when I started as a PhD student with Felix Brodbeck. A colleague showed me an article by Deborah Small and in which she investigated when men and women initiated negotiations in the absence of a prescription to negotiate. And I was immediately fascinated because this idea was so innovative to not limit negotiation research to just the negotiation process, but to ask who initiates negotiations in the first place. And then I thought, okay, when was the last time that I initiated a negotiation? And it was so interesting to think about this. So I discussed this idea uh, with Felix And we decided that I would first concentrate my dissertation thesis on the basic motivational processes, not on gender. 
But when I had finished my PhD in 2012, I was still fascinated by this question of how men and women differed in their negotiation propensity. And I also discussed this topic with my colleague, Katharina Kugler, and together we decided to further investigate gender differences in negotiations now that our thesis had been uh, completed. And we presented this idea um, to Felix and the idea for meta-analysis, and he was also inspired by our enthusiasm. And since then, the three of us and interested students like Fiona Kunz have been working on this topic. Very nice. So Felix, how does the initiation of a negotiation matter? And how do gender differences matter? Well, in many cases, there are benefits to be gained from engaging in a negotiation. A lower price when you're on the market or a better pay when you're in your occupation. But just the feeling that you have articulated and represented your point of view. Um, but first of all, you have to initiate the negotiation. There's a lot of research about the process of negotiation, but the initiation was a bit under-researched. And that is something that each of us can proactively do uh, to e engage in negotiations, to initiate it, but not everyone does. Many people refrain from doing that. And research has shown that women do indeed have a lower propensity to negotiate compared to men, which of course means that they are less likely to initiate negotiations and can therefore miss out on economic benefits. And that was what we tested out. Very nice. So Julia, what are expectancy and instrumentality considerations in the context of your study? Usually expectancy and instrumentality are classic cognitive motivational constructs as for example formulated in basic theories on human motivation and we implemented these motivational variables in our model of negotiation initiation to explain when and why people start negotiating. Um, basically we claim that negotiation is initiated when people feel that their current situation is not as it should be that is, people perceive a discrepancy, and this discrepancy triggers an emotional response such as anger or dissatisfaction. But before they actually initiate negotiations, they also consider whether they are able to initiate the negotiation, which is what we call expectancy in our context, and whether they will actually benefit from the negotiation. And this is what we call instrumentality. And in our study, we found that expectancy and instrumentality can explain why women and men differ in their propensities to negotiate. Because across all the studied contexts, we, we found that women showed lower expectancy, that is, they indicated a lower confidence of being able to initiate and negotiate compared to men. And regarding instrumentality, men rated their benefits higher than women in specific male contexts, whereas women rated their benefits higher in um, the men in specific female contexts. Um, you just made me think of a, a follow-up question. Does this, does this have anything, is another way of saying this is like where you feel you have permission or it's okay to initiate a negotiation, you know, the context, like men feel more comfortable or feel that they can do it in some contexts and women then will also do that and feel comfortable in other contexts. Is that another way of saying it? This is um, uh, what we can expo uh, explain with uh, role theory. 
and uh, it depends on how congruent roles are and especially in the negotiation context we have the negotiator role and we have the gender roles and the female gender role is not as congruent with the negotiator role as is the male role. Okay, Felix, in your article, you talk about people behaving with a standard for themselves as a man or a woman. So this kind of gets to a little bit of what we were just talking about. In your study, did you collect data based on biological sex or how participants self-identified in terms of their gender? And to add to that, can you explain to our listeners how biological sex and gender are not the same thing? Yeah, well, good. <laughs> well, in our study, we asked the participants to indicate their Geschlecht. That is the German word for what you are, men, women, diverse, or non-binary. The German language does not distinguish between sex and gender on that level. We labeled it gender in our studies because we focused on men's and women's culturally assigned roles rather than on biological sex differences and due to the common and widespread nomenclatura in gender research. However, to the second question, the distinction between sex and gender is a little bit complex. Mühlenhardt and Peterson, 2011, in Sex Roles, uh, dedicated a whole paper to that distinction. And in fact, the current definitions of sex and gender vary widely. So some authors use the terms interchangeably, some distinguish between the terms um, the latter define gender as construction due to cultural influences. That is a kind of psychological gender and sex as physical differences, a kind of biological sex. That is what Moonhart and Peterson concluded from their study. It's very complex. <laughs> yes. So Felix, what is meant by a perceived match between one's own gender related behavior and the gender gendered standard and when, it and when it comes to negotiation? Well, here again, um, we have to turn to role theory, which was um, uh, detailed out by Alice Eagley and Wendy Wood. Social role theory is based on the assumption that men and women are differently distributed into social roles, right? And due to evolved biosocial sex differences, by continually observing men and women in these social roles, you know, when we are children and grown-ups, people form gender role beliefs or stereotypes. And that is consensual beliefs about how men and women are, how they typically behave or should behave, to what should they permit themselves, right? So women are typically associated with communal characteristics, that is, an orientation towards others, the maintenance of relationships, compassion, warmth, and expressiveness. Men are typically associated with agenda, uh, authentic characteristics, that is an orientation towards the self, goal attainment, assertiveness, competitiveness, and decisiveness. The same logic can be applied to the negotiation role. Uh, here, too, stereotypes have formed over the course of generation, and as Julia spelled out before to your, to your third question, effective negotiation, effective negotiators are typical to, uh, stereotypically strong, dominant, assertive, and rational, and that is not very congruent with the female role. You can already see the dilemma. Typically, negotiator attributes 
are consistent with the male gender role, but are inconsistent with the female gender role. And this inconsistency of the female uh, gender role and the negotiator role makes them uh, refrain from negotiations as they try to avoid negative social sanctions, such as backlash and negative self-related feelings in this way. Thus, they do not even start negotiating in order to avoid all these negative consequences. That's very interesting. So, Julia, can you tell us more about the key findings of your study? Yes, let me say something about um, the negotiation context we identified. Um, We uh, wanted to uh, um, cover a wide range of different situations, um, not just salary negotiations or buyer-seller negotiations. So we asked our participants to freely describe any contexts in which they typically initiated negotiations. Then we clustered these descriptions and um, came up with 13 different contexts, which we then presented to another sample, and they had to estimate how likely they would be to negotiate in these contexts. And what we found was that there, on the one hand, we had typical male contexts in which men were significantly more likely to negotiate than women, for example, compensation, rent, contracts, the own job, or public institutions. And on the other hand, we had typical female contexts in which women were significantly more likely to negotiate than men. Um, this context was mutual living. Besides these male and female contexts, we also found neutral contexts in which men and women did not differ significantly in their propensities. Um, for example, uh, about products and prices, finances in general, services, or negotiations in stores or at markets. So first of all, we can say people negotiate in many, many different situations and contexts, not just in their jobs, about salary or uh, with buyer-seller negotiations. And negotiation research should therefore further broaden its general scope to also include, um, for example, negotiations in the social environment. A second main finding is that actually across this wide range of contexts, which we studied, men had overall a higher propensity to negotiate than women. However, if we take a closer, more differentiated look at negotiation contexts, you can also see that, especially in contexts related to the social environment, women actually had a higher propensity to negotiate than men. And these effects, as I already um, uh, told about, can be explained by men's and women's different estimations of the own negotiation ability, that is expectancy, and different expected benefits in the different context, which is instrumentality. So although this is uh, good news at first, it has to be said from an economic point of view that men are still ahead regarding initiations in contexts where economic outcomes are in focus. It reminds me of the concept of gendered spaces where you have, you know, there are more masculine, masculine gender spaces in the traditional way and, mm-hmm. uh, and feminine gendered spaces. So it's about going back to where the sort of implicit rules are of who can talk and who can't talk. And perhaps that applies to who can initiate it in negotiation yes. who can in terms of gender. Um, this, uh, this, isn't, this is also something I just spontaneously thought of. I wondered if the, the current generation, the 20-somethings, have a different view of gendered space 
than older generations. And that uh, the generation of your participants in a, maybe a future study or maybe in the studies you've done would show differences. Maybe younger women today will be more inclined to initiate negotiations in a financial or economic context. What are your thoughts on that? I think we, we will need uh, some longitudinal studies on these, but I'm sure that roles change. Both the gender roles will change with more women in important positions. And also the negotiator role will change with uh, more men being in non-economic contexts, uh, such as uh, childcare, education, etc. So I think with the time passing, roles uh, will change. Felix, do you have thoughts on that? Yes, uh, well, I, I would... Um infer from my cross-cultural studies that I did for you know, well, the last 25 years or so that culture change not very quickly though it takes 20, 30, 40, 50 years so we shouldn't be too um, how to say impatient <laughs> uh, but they they do over time Hofstadter has shown that now the Globe 2020 project was launched and we're very curious in finding out about what happened the last 20, 25 years since the last globe phases and cultures do change. And I think like you, Julia, you, you think, I, I, I would say that um, especially in economic context that the, the females um, are, they, they, they do negotiate more than let's say 20, 30, 40 years ago already. And that would need to be empirically established at some point. So I think also that this um, will happen. Um, uh, the more the gender roles become uh, similar or the roles in certain areas like business versus um, homework or so, or household work, um, the more they become similar, um, uh, the more um, uh, initiation of negotiation to both genders. <laughs> so, so men will become a bit more outspoken in terms of initiating negotiations about household issues and whatever, and vice versa. Um, a female uh, uh, will become more outspoken in terms of um, negotiating salary and things like that. Yeah, it seems like it would become more that way when, uh, if women are working more and then men are taking up more responsibilities in the home with childcare and other kinds of you know d domestic decisions. And as both parties, as both genders then uh, get involved in what had been traditional spaces, then they'll be initiating more negotiation, mm -hmm. having more conversation about it. So Felix, Germans were primarily were the primary participants in your study. What would you anticipate or predict with a similar study with cultures in other parts of the world? And you had mentioned your previous research in cross-cultural yes. Yeah. Well, luckily, um, uh, Julia pointed me to a study that was recently published, a meta-analysis by, by Sean and, and colleagues um, in JOB uh, 2019, I think. They investigated gender differences in negotiations across different cultures. And they established um, uh, the cultural differences on the basis of Hofstede's work, of Globe's work and also Schwarz's work. And what they found is quite interesting that women more likely outperformed men in negotiations in cultures lower in individualism, higher in collectivism, lower in assertiveness and higher in harmony, according to Schwarz. So I would say based on that 
on these empirical results that these patterns would also hold for the initiation of negotiation um, uh, in a, a similar cultures, depending on where they are located. So um, probably in um, Nordic European cultures like Sweden or Norway, where individualism is lower, um, collectivism, the societal collectivism is higher, and um, assertiveness is lower. I would I would predict <laughs> that in such a country um, uh, there are less gender differences, and in some situations women outperform men in negotiations, even in the business environment. Could well be. Thank you. So, Julia, uh, what advice would you give women and men to have successful outcomes in their negotiations? I think, first of all, both men and women should recognize opportunities to negotiate in both male contexts, females contexts, and gender neutral contexts. Um, moreover, men and women should take these experiences and practices from their typical negotiation context in which they typically negotiate and apply them to their negotiation behavior in atypical situations. And this is what we already said. Uh, this would allow them to gain negotiation experience and build skills across all negotiation contexts. And in this way, uh, like I said before, gender roles and the negotiator role could broaden in the long run which makes it less socially and personally risky for men to negotiate in female contexts and for women to negotiate in male contexts, and thus to finally foster really equal opportunities for both men and women. Well, thank you very much. I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, congratulations again on this award-winning article. It's very interesting, very fascinating, and uh, I want you to enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you to our guest today for an engaging conversation. For more information about this episode, we hope you will check out the podcast notes on the NAC website at www.negotiationandconflictteam.com. Negotiation and Conflict Team is one word, no spaces, or one long phrase. There you can find additional sources and links to materials cited in this episode. Special thanks goes out to Dr. Chi Wang, Editor-in-Chief of the journal Negotiation and Conflict Management Research, or NCMR for short, for her support and assistance with this podcast. On behalf of our podcast team, Ming Hong Tsai, Laura Reese, Jennifer Parlamas, Michael Gross, that's me, and Deborah Tsai, thank you for listening. Please tell a friend about our podcast, and we hope you'll join us next time for another fascinating discussion that brings NCMR from article to audio.